So open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And as you notice, I've been more deliberate about you guys opening your words and looking at the words. I know we have them up here, but I want you to see it, feel it, touch it. Genesis chapter 2. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were created on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. And there were no people to cultivate the soil. This is so amazing. Like, like literally, just look at this next, this next verse. Talk about a creator. We don't think about this a lot. But think about the detail of what God had done. Instead, Springs came up from the ground and watered the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Now there's two creation accounts. There's Genesis 1 that walked through the seven day accounts. I believe that God created the world in seven days. There are different teachings about how the seven days had played out, but I do believe that God created in His fashion and in the way that it's spelled out in Scripture. Whether it was 24 hours or or a distinguished time period, I'll be honest with you. I'm a man of simple, simple faith. I want to know that he created in seven days. I know there are a lot of uh, Christians that believe that it was, you know, the seven days represented a period of time, all these different things. I understand that. I studied it all. But I'm telling you from my perspective, I want to believe that the creator of the universe created the earth in seven literal days. It's a huge step of faith. But in the first account, he just went boom, 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 boom. And on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. But then all of a sudden, you turn to chapter 2 and there's this different explanation. And there's one thing that he focuses on. Two things. Creation and man. We knew that He created in Genesis 1 animals and reptiles, amphibians, all these different beings, invertebrates, all these different animal groups. But why was He so deliberate to take a whole other chapter to talk about humanity? Let me read that one little verse again. Verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. And He breathed. Everyone take a deep breath. (sighs) Exhale. Do it again. Do it again. Just take a moment. Close your eyes. Breathe in. Breathe out. It's okay. Don't get nervous. I'm the only one looking at you. Breathe in. Breathe out. And he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. 
And the man became a living person. Last week I started a sermon series on the Holy Spirit using symbolism imagery. And this morning we're going to stop and we're going to look at this one moment in Genesis that is the game changer for all creation. And my hope is in this short time that we have together, that you would begin to understand what does it mean that God has and wants to breathe His breath into your lungs. So Jesus, allow this morning to be a moment that we can truly understand more than just the the things that we see, the objects we can touch. But help us understand even our Creator in a way that draws us into a deeper place of life and intimacy in You. Amen. Here's what we're going to do is we're going to sit on this passage for the next few moments because this is where it all begins. Again, God created. There's actually an argument in, 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 the, in the theological world if there were two different authors between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. There's actually two different opinions that, that the one author wrote it all and the other, the other one was that there was two authors. I believe there is one author. Because what the author of Scripture was doing was he was giving the introduction and the big picture of laying out the revelation of who God is. And it begins with him as the Creator. The hint that He was the Creator of all things and that He had an order to what He was creating. And that's true with all of our lives. Whenever we start a project, they go most smoothly when we have an order of operation. And when you look at this order of creation, all we see is that God spoke and things came to life. But in chapter 1, there was, there was no purpose for creation. But there was a purposeful order. And I'm going to have you read this on your own because I don't have to read this for you. But when you go through Genesis 1 and you start seeing how He created everything and then the last thing that He created was man. There was a reason. And it's interesting because when you read Genesis chapter 1 and even Genesis chapter 2, 
all you see is that God spoke and all came to being. He spoke and the earth was formed. He spoke and the stars were created. He spoke and animals came into existence. He spoke and trees popped up and grass grew and water which there was no such thing as water, was formed. You notice in Genesis 2 that there was no rain. There was no need for rain. But springs fed the plants. But then when it came to humanity, it took a little more time. It says that man was created out of the dust. Imagine this imagery with me, okay? This is, this is freedom of Scripture right now, okay? Imagine the hand of God grabbing the dust from the earth that He created because the earth was like this big. Just pinch some dust. And He created humanity. And He formed humanity. You know, we celebrate with Patrick and Jillian having a baby this week. All right. Amen. Had a baby girl. Okay, we can clap. You guys are really weak. Good job. Woo! Congratulations. And when that baby arrived, you know they saw the hand of God. Literally, when you have a baby, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm telling you, I went to like freak out zone. She's like, you okay? I'm like, huh? But God created humanity out of dust. And the nostrils of this formation, He breathed life. And it even says in Scripture that He said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us, Create humanity in our image. We talk about kairos moments all the time. Kairos moment is a Greek biblical word. It is a Greek biblical word that is not about chronological timing that, okay, at 9 o'clock in the morning, Jesus is coming over and doing a miracle. It's that when Jesus walked, boom, it happened. This is the first kairos in Scripture for humanity. Not that He created us, but He created us by breathing His breath. Breathing His life into us. A Kairos moment allows us to to begin to recognize who God is and who we are in light of Him. And in this moment, we have this Kairos moment that, wow, I am created different than anything else on the face of this earth. I am created not just by the hand of God, which animals were created by the spoken word of God, but I am created by the breath of God. I am so unique. I am so wonderfully made. Even in my messed up issues and self and all of these things, I am creatively and wonderfully made. I love that about Mark. There's so many things that I love about my buddy Mark. But even in his struggles, his life just 
breathed God's creation. Amen? Have you ever thought about it? Then when it says that God so loved the world, He was saying, for God so loves you that He created you, that He made you, and in your brokenness, He sent Himself to rescue you. You see, it's interesting when you study Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Do yourself a favor. Read the differences. Trust me. You see this Creator God, Genesis 1, shift into a Heavenly Father, Kairos 2. You see the created God, Creator God, shift Patrick, stand up. I know you got your little man. He's sleeping. To a heavenly father. Bam! Drop the mic. I'm done. You can be seated. That's what he did. He formed us. He breathed into us. Do you realize this is the significance for some reason, when he created animals, they were alive. They breathed oxygen, which we all need. Breathe in. I've been doing that a lot lately. Find my happy place. But why is it? Why is it? I was thinking this week, in the mother's womb, the baby breathes. How? Well, the oxygen going through the blood. Blah, 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 blah. We can give all these reasons. Think about what a wonderful creator. But for us, it's so uniquely different. He breathed his breath of life that we would live. We can live without food, we can live without water, but we cannot live without air. We cannot be formed without God's breath jump-starting our souls, our hearts, our beings. I used to play again. Well, I do still play again with my kids. I said, let's go jump in the pool and let's see who can hold their breath the longest. They're like, huh? That's weird. I'm like, come on, let's do it. <laughs> but it's not really who can hold their breath the longest. It's who can't breathe the longest? You know, we think of keep it going, keep it flowing, keep it flowing. But it's really saying, you know what? Let's see how long I can stop breathing. God never intended that. Never intended that. Turn with me. Let's go. Let's jump right through this. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 22. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Jesus was crucified. Uh, Jesus was got, raised from the dead. 
all these things had happened, um, but now they were terrified because Jesus was not in their presence anymore. Even though He was risen, He wasn't with them. And they were hiding because they knew that the Jewish leaders wanted to kill them. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. And, and another, I think, believe in Mark, He walks through the door Peace be with you, he says. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Here's the key. Then He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Stop there. Don't go to the next verse. You see, the first created order was Adam. And Adam sinned. And spiritual death came. That spiritual alive heart died. A mystery we, we want to explain or try to explain or, or hope that we can. But all we know is in Scripture that there was a spiritual death that happened to humanity. At first, they knew God's presence all around and then all of a sudden, God's presence vanished. They hid from God. They ran from God and something in them died. We know that. Have you ever had that feeling for someone or something or, or a passion that all of a sudden it's, it's no more? It's not there. I don't want it. I don't need it. It's gone. It's, it's over. And something in them died because of their choice. And for the whole Old Testament, God chased humanity through the people of Israel. And when you follow the Israelites... People who were not Israelites saw the hand of God on them and said, I want some of that. And they started joining them and joining them. And the people of God got bigger and bigger and bigger. We just think that the, the Israelites were this exclusive group of people. They weren't. People came to the Israelites for rescue, for safety, for security. God's hand was on this one group of people and it went from here to 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 here. But they were spiritually dead. And Jesus came to bring spiritual life. And isn't it, isn't it ironic? Remember that song? Isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic that when Jesus gave the Holy Spirit, He did the very same thing that God did at creation. The very same order of life. He walked through the door. Right? He's Superman through the door. He said, relax. Chill. Calm down. <sighs> Receive the Holy Spirit. And He breathed spiritual life into them. One of the saddest mistakes we think is, I'm going to go to church when all my ducks are in a row. The reason you know you need to go to church is because your ducks are running loose. 
Seriously. I got to look away. I got to dress away. I got to act away. I got to do all these things. Ow. And we think that, that getting right with God means that I got to do all these things. All these things. No. The only way we get right with our Creator is becoming like Adam, recognizing we are dead. In need. Longing for life. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, Jesus said. And the only way of transformation, the only way that our soul becomes alive, I'm going to do it again. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. Fill my lungs. Fill my soul. And just exhale everything that's not of you. It's not 12 steps to the Holy Spirit. It's not about this, that, or another thing. It's about a place of humility. Getting on your knees. And saying, Holy Spirit, teach me. And that's when the life of Jesus becomes alive in you. We can't see air. We can't touch air. Sometimes we can see it when it's blowing outside. But we know it's there. We can read God. We can see God in people's lives. But, but we don't see God, but we can know that He's alive. And there has to come a point in church history, in our church history, that all we believe... It's not what I do, but it's in the surrenderance of me saying, come Holy Spirit, come. Breathe life. I'm fed up with how I treat people. I'm fed up with how I handle my finances. I'm fed up with how I, how I have a, a posture about me that's negative. I, these are things that we need to be saying. And it's not what do I do to change. It's Holy Spirit, change me, make me, mold me, shape me. If you are a Christian, you should look different. You should act different. Your countenance when you are happy should be happy. But when you're sad, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to, to hate death. It's okay to mourn people that you love. But it's in that morning, in that mourning, that God says, I see you. You know me, and I know you. I know your fears, I know your sin, I know your weaknesses. Simply because the breath of God has invaded our souls. I'm going to read you two. two uh, uh, what are they called? Verses. Second Corinthians, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Ephesians 4.24 Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Two words. Created 
and belonging. He has created me. And He has created spiritual life in me. And I belong to Him because of that. I am a new creation. I am a creation that is being shaped and molded every day. And I do this because I know that I belong to the Father. Because He came into my life in 1991, in November, on my college bed, and He breathed into my soul. And I know that day that I am forever His. He knows me. And I know Him. I know my Jesus. I know my Jesus. Not perfectly. Not fully. But I know Him. In my brokenness, He's got my back. In my sadness, He's there for me. And in my victory, I only hold that victory in my hand because He's given it to me. Because He breathed into my soul. I want to invite Johnny to come up. Let's apply this to what God does. You see, God breathes into vacuums. Do me a favor. Everyone start breathing in. At some point, you got to exhale. At some point, you have to exhale. When we breathe in the Holy Spirit, when I'm alone in my room, when my Jake comes up to me, my little puppy, and leans into me because I'm praying, and I'm breathing in, God, I just need your presence. I exhale my fear, my sin, and my weaknesses to Him. And then He fills me again. And I do it again. I do it again and I do it again and sometimes I walk around, God, I'm breathing you in. Breathe me out. But it doesn't stop there. See the bagpipe? It's the bladder. Is that the correct, correct term? Right? Somewhat. Good. We'll call it a bladder. We'll call it a lung. Fill it up. You see, what God wants us to do is He wants to fill up our lives with His presence. So when we go out into the world, we manifest the melody of the Gospel. That when we walk into rooms, we, people hear a distinguished sound that we exhale into their lives so that they would long to know Christ as we do. You see, we inhale Jesus to exhale life to others. And all of a sudden, our lives begin to sound like a melody.
when we step out into the world. Amen? Whether it's a Sunday morning or a Monday morning, we meet with our Father in the name of Jesus to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to step out into the world and make a reverent, distinguished sound. I loved when someone was driving down the road before they honked at the bagpipe. Why? Because it's distinguished. It's unique. At first it seems a little, ugh. But once that thing gets going, bam! You know something reverent is going on in that area.